welcome our audience to the Sunday Stroll podcast. This is our fourth discussion on church and race. So please, this is going to be an incomplete discussion if you don't go back and listen to the ones before. Uh, I wanted to note that, you know, in our last podcast, we did talk a lot about the um, maladaptive or unhealthy ways to respond to what we see going on in society. And so we're not going to necessarily talk about that a lot on this podcast. Um, We do have a guest on with us, Carissa. Um, Can you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi. So much for having me. I love each of you. I'm so glad I got to meet you all at Truett, even though I got to spend a short time with a couple of you. But yeah, um, my name is Carissa and... I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee, born and raised, and I currently live now with my husband in South Alabama, very different, so, um, and I went to school in um, Georgia, Northeast Georgia, so I've been around different places. What did you graduate with? I graduated with a bachelor's in psychology. Okay. Um, yeah, and like the rest of us, we met Carissa at Truett McConnell <laughs> College, now university. Yes. Um, not, not a sponsor. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so um, we today are going to talk about solutions. Um, we mentioned this briefly in our last podcast, and we kind of are tr- trying to going to... We're going to try to cover it uh, in multiple spheres, and so bear with us as we try to do that in a comprehensive way. Uh, But first, um, we want to start with scripture, and the first scripture I'm going to read is Psalm 146, starting in verse 5. How blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoner free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord protects the strangers. He supports the fatherless and the widow, and he thwarts the way of the wicked. So just starting this out, talking about the character of the Lord, that it's in his character to execute justice for the oppressed and to give food to the hungry and set the prisoner free. Um, And it's just all over the Bible that this is in his character and executing justice is important to him. And then the next verse I want to read is Proverbs 20, verse 11. It is, or sorry, verse 10. Differing weights and differing measures, both of them are abominable to the Lord. So when we talk about solutions to this issue, um, we're going to talk a lot tonight about partiality um, and how our justice system uh, can sometimes have, you know, differing weights, differing measures. And although it's never going to be perfect, again, we as believers want to walk out uh, justice and create justice as much as we can, wherever we can in the world. Um, And then the last verse I'm going to read is Proverbs 21, 21, verse 3. To do righteousness and justice is desired by the Lord more than sacrifice. Uh, So just talking about as believers, um, 
obedience is desired more by the Lord than us sacrificing for him, whatever that may look like. Um, Okay, so let's talk about with that kind of in mind, um, as far as like solutions, personal solutions in our everyday lives, in our families, what um, are some solutions that you guys uh, think about when, you know, we're thinking about injustice, whether it be related to racism um, or, you know, class oppression, uh, anything like that within um, our personal spheres? Um, Well, for me first, I think the, and we talked about this of not, of having awkward conversations um, because those turn into something that can be um, less awkward um, as you keep having those conversations. And then realizing that it's a continuing on conversation. So the conversations that I have with my family um, about race, about community, about culture, it's a, it, it keeps going. And so one minute we might have a conversation and it goes deeper, but then it could be months later and we continue having those conversations until one day it's actually not awkward anymore. So that's what I found just in my own personal life of just having ongoing conversations about um racism about prejudice um in my family so that's good I think it can come to um not trying to sound super spiritual but just the reality of it is we need to be open with coming to the Lord daily or Mm -hmm. at least on a regular basis saying you know what like God where are places in my heart that I do have prejudice yes. or where places in my heart where I do show, you know, whatever we're going through, because it's so easy. I was listening to something earlier today, today and, you know, so many people don't want to admit that they had a wrong thought. You know, they don't want to accept, oh, I, you know, we always want to say, oh, well, I'm okay. I Nothing's wrong with me. But sometimes we have to say, no, God, like, I know I'm not perfect that's evident, you know, where can I improve in myself to therefore improve in my family, um, improve in my circles, you know, cause we're all going on regular, regularly working out our salvation and growing mm-hmm. more like Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I think that's so important. Um, and I'll, <laughs> since I wasn't in on the conversation earlier, but I'll add that um, as a parent, I think that's really important that we, we examine ourselves um, daily because then we are better role models for our children. And so we're not just passing down um, the values to them of how they should think and believe, but adding to that the action um, that is really important. I think in terms of dealing with situations like this, we talked about, a couple of nights ago, sitting with some women, sitting with other mothers and discussing how we heal and how we move forward, it's just not just raising quote unquote good children or instilling, but instilling within our children values that also cause them to act, right? So mm-hmm. act and walk, walk in Christ's ways, um, you know, to, that they're, they're burdened with that action as well. Um, so adding that to to mm-hmm. being really important for us as well as parents to to, to model that growth 
for yeah. ourselves. If parents, I think, I see this in my friends and some of the role models I had growing up, but the families who routinely let in the stranger and were not afraid to be uncomfortable with the people they welcomed into their lives, their children got those skills, you know, of being around people different than them, coming from different backgrounds and, or therefore more you know, comfortable and practice in doing that just in everyday life later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, we talked about this earlier, Dr. Haynes. I don't know if you heard this part, um, but I talked about how uh, the doll study that was done in the 1960s and then there was another doll study done uh recently and I know you, if you <laughs> YouTube Anderson Cooper mm-hmm. doll study basically mm-hmm. you know it shows that um children mm-hmm. naturally prefer meaning like they naturally attribute positive things to other children that look like them and mm-hmm. they attribute negative attributes also to children that look mm-hmm. the least like them mm-hmm. um and i was just talking about how you know we're born into sin and in all actuality we think oh if we don't talk to our children about it but they grow up in diverse neighborhoods then they'll never be racist you know like we don't need to talk about it because it will never be a thing and it will be fine but I think that study actually shows that the opposite is true that you need to just teach your children not to sin not to be partial Mm -hmm. to people that look like them just because they look like them Uh, just like you teach children to share um, or, you know, to not, to not be selfish people in general, but anyway. Right. And I think that that goes along the lines of like, um, when people say, and I think that it's okay to say that it's not necessarily wrong to say this, but racism or prejudice is taught. Um, but if we look in scripture, we actually, that's not the necessarily Mm. case because the case is that we are born into sin. And so it is so important to like remind ourselves that we are born into sin. I think what is taught is us not talking about it. And so it, it, what, what makes it uncomfortable or what makes people just like have preconceived notions or stereotypes or anything is when we don't address it, um, and the same, what Blake said, the same conversation can go with the not sharing. If you never teach your child, hey, you have to share because this is what what it is to be selfless. Like, if you never teach your kid that, mm-hmm. then your kid is just like, okay, well, everything is mine, you know? Um, so I think it's very important to have those conversations um, and know that, like, it, it is a natural thing to go what what with what is comfortable and not um, go with something that is not similar to what you look like or what you have or whatever. And, and there's actually a subset, the same, what you just said, Tara still applies to this, but like in that study, there was a subset of black children that when they were asked, show me the dumb child, like, and they listed the negative attributes, the children actually pointed to, the child that looked the most like them, meaning that they had internalized negative messages from society 
about their race. And, you know, it's like the same is true there. If there are negative messages um, coming from society, then the parents need to counteract that, you know, Mm -hmm. as well and teach the child like, no, that is not true and have those intentional conversations with their children. I actually saw a video yesterday of this lady who picked her daughter up from daycare. She's probably three years old and um, she asked the little girl how her day was and the little girl told her that a a girl said her hair was poofy. She had very curly hair and the little girl's response was, I am beautiful. And so that was, you know, her Mm -hmm. family had taught her, you know, to love herself even at such a young age and I thought that was really cool with what you all were talking about that that we can even see that in small children you know yeah I have a friend who is white but she is parenting um a black child and she noticed that her child um tended to want to look like her like Mm -hmm. so she would want to straighten her hair all the time and she perceived you know those she didn't want to put beads in her hair you know she perceived how her mom looks that that's how she wants to look just for the simple fact that she wants to emulate her Mm -hmm. she loves her she wants to emulate her and they have constant conversations about how no, like, I love your natural hair. It's different from mommy's, but it's beautiful, you know, in a completely different way. And I love when we have beads in your hair. Like, it is beautiful, even though it's different from mommy's, and that's okay, you know. Uh, and I, those conversations, I think, are so, so important. Yes. Yeah. I think another way that we could... Um, you know, have solutions to this on the ground level is just getting to know our communities. Um, we had a, a African American family moving mm-hmm. next door to us. They probably have like, I don't know, they have so many kids. I never know how many people live there. But I realized like they've lived here for a couple of months, and I was like, I have not actually gone over and actually met them. Um, I've talked to their kids in the yard, but that's about it. I've never actually met the adults. And that was something me and my husband talked about. He was like, you know, we've talked about doing that. And it's just like, we never made the intentional effort. So I'm trying really hard to make that intentional effort and it's uncomfortable, but it needs to happen, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of goes back to as believers, Mm -hmm. we should be willing to go into other cultures and be uncomfortable. You know, like that should be something that we're practicing um, and willing to listen, willing to learn. uh, And, yeah, just willing to lay aside our own comfort. What about that kind of goes into what Krista just said, kind of goes into the church. How should the church be seeking justice and building bridges um i think for one it is so important for the church to have the conversation um just because of and i i i think i i mean i would hope that i'm speaking for everyone and definitely disagree if not but 
it is so important to have conversations about injustice because that is, I mean, it's a very superficial answer, but that's what the Bible tells us to do. Um, and so when, as believers, we are called to speak out when something is wrong and we are called to tell the truth in love. And so that can only be if we actually say something. And so if the church if the church is not doing that and the church um, or the world is embodying what the church should do, it's always going to be skewed. It's always going to be um, wrong. And this is not to say that what churches do is like always right. And we, we are fallen, but just in the sense of there will be no true solution if the gospel is not wrapped into it. So um, I think that it is so important for the church to speak out and not just speak out, but, it, it is an active pursuit of what is right. Um, it's an active pursuit to be more like Christ. And we are to be like, I mean, we are to be Christ followers. And I think it's important to um, realize that. And so what Blake said, it's important for us as believers to go out and to do things that are uncomfortable, but that's what we're called to do. And that's what our savior did. Um and so in the moment, and we have Christ that sustains us and we have Christ that, um, that we are no longer like living. If we're angry, we're no longer living by the flesh. We live by the spirit. And so because of that, if we're, we as a church, if we are not doing those things, then someone else is going to do it and they're not going to be living according to the spirit. And that is a huge problem. And I, so, so I think the way to the solutions that we have is always going to um, go back to the gospel yeah I think um, I thought so, about this yeah. earlier we need to recognize first the ultimate need of the ma- of man which is to know Jesus Christ you know that should always be the center but of course right. we all know that uh, we also are called to meet the physical needs of man and and often that's the gateway that's the road right. that someone you know walks to for the gospel to be proclaimed. Um, and so I think for churches to get out in their community, to know who the oppressed in their community are and to be there, uh, really, no matter what color they are, uh, no matter what class they are, you know, they need to be where the oppressed are. Um, I think that's really important. And I'm going to, I'm also going to have to hop off. Um, shortly actually I'm gonna hop off I'm I'm gonna say you guys have it from here you have to have some great conversation um and (laughs) because we had so much fun earlier um but I was gonna say I think you know as I was exploring earlier in the bible and I was talking to somebody about this one thing the bible is consistent in is discussion of what we should be doing as Christians um it gives us direct uh, action items, things that we should be working on from the beginning of the Bible throughout, you know, throughout Christ's uh, discussion. He talks about it and the idea of the, the church being loving and demonstrating love, uh, being active in the love that we demonstrate and show to others. So he's, it is clear several times, God, Jesus says, do these things and they are demonstration of religion. They are demonstrative of fasting. And these things are caring yes. for the oppressed. They are taking care of uh, giving voice to the voiceless, restoration, mm-hmm. right? And so this bridging, right, to, mm-hmm. to other people. And if the church can be an example of that, 
um, you know, if the church can step forward and be an example of that, then that right. is then hopefully what others will see as, oh, the church is doing it. Mm-hmm. This is what this is. Oh, or glorifying our father in heaven, right? Glorifying our father in heaven by doing what he is called yes. to do. People are coming to say, mm-hmm. why are these folks different? What is it that's different about them? Um, and part of our ministry and our witness is in our action right. as well. So I'm going to peace out. <laughs> that was good. Good thing to peace out on <laughs> that one. <laughs> and um, come back so and good. ladies yeah. discuss. Okay. Uh, Bye, Dr. Haynes. Bye. And I won't press finish recording. <laughs> <Right>. so y'all can... <laughs> um, so uh, going off of that, um, being where the oppressed are uh, is very important. Um, and I, what, what do you guys think are some ways the church can do that? We mentioned earlier finding the leadership in the community. If, if your church does not look like the community, mm. what can be done to rectify that? <sighs> Here, you go first, Tara. <laughs> um, okay. Um, yes, I think the important piece for that is what you said. Just find the, the local community leader. There is one in every single community, um, whether that is a person of leadership when it comes to um, schools, whether that is a person of leadership when it comes to politics, whatever it is, but find that community leader. And then also, um, I think it's important. uh, What we said is that it is very important for your, your church to look like the community that it is in. Um, And if not, when it comes to leadership, especially when it comes to in the church, I think um, just finding those people. um, So going out into your community, whether it is going to grocery stores, whether it is, but actually knowing your community, that's how you are to have leaders. If you know it, then you know where to find them. You know, if you, if you know your community as well as you know anybody, if you know your community more than you like know, like people that you're comfortable in, whatever it is, whatever the case, um, then you would know how to find those leaders. But if you don't, then maybe that's a look at um, just an inner dialogue with yourself of just like, oh man, how can I know my community? How can I well, and I go think out that and reach speaks my to like something we're it? very bad at in the Southern Baptist Circle Convention is that in the Southern Baptist churches we Ooh. often go out and seek another Southern Baptist pastor in a completely different Mm -hmm. state a lot of times to come move and be the pastor of this church when we could just as easily find someone born and raised in that community that is interested in being a pastor that is learning theology, you know, or that aspires to that, that we could disciple to be a pastor, youth pastor, whatever, and right. they would understand the community. They would understand its struggles, its pains, everything about it because they were raised there. And I, it, it's like we 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 understand that in foreign right. missions that the local leaders need to become the full-time leaders and the missionary needs to take a step back, mm-hmm. right? But we haven't grasped that yet in America. <laughs> and right. 
that really makes no sense I to think me. sometimes what that comes to is it seems that they want somebody with a different perspective to yes, come yes. in. Um, I'm, my husband serves at our church, um, and he's from this area. But our head pastor came from out of the area, but is from Alabama. Uh, but it just seems that a lot of pastors, it just seems maybe they want somebody with a different perspective. But like you said, in foreign missions, why do we encourage that a local person steps up mm-hmm. to foster that um, body of believers Whereas here we're like, here, random right. strange person, come here where you have no community. Right. You and your family are going to be completely uprooted and you're going to plant. And I want you to build relationships here with people that you don't even know. So it, mm-hmm. it is kind of a strange paradox uh, for sure. Yeah, it creates a bureaucracy, I think, and it creates mm-hmm. a career driven ministry. Like, I further my career from moving right. church to church to church when that's not what we see in mm. scripture. Like, there's what what is a shepherd? A shepherd is someone, like, the shepherd intimately knows the sheep, is with the sheep day and night for long periods of time. Like, puts himself in harm's way mm. for the sheep, you know? And I, I have just seen, and I really don't think, you can be effective in a location unless you've been there more than five years. Oh, yeah. I, re- I truly have come to believe that about yeah. uh, pastoring. Yeah. And, I, you know, it just seems natural that it should be, you know, local. And it's not always going to be like that. It, like, it shouldn't be a legalistic rule by any means, you know. But I think that's one thing that could solve this race issue. This, right, you know, right, the, right. this problem is that, if you have an all white church in a majority black community, well, then we have to look at, wow, like why, if this church is in this community, why there's no, why is there no black leadership in the church? They could be at the black churches too. So then we, right. I, you know, right. Um, I uh, want to say, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm right. almost positive. Martin Luther King said Sunday morning at 11 o'clock is the most segregated time. And it is because it yeah. is white church and black church. And, I did not realize that until I moved to South Alabama and I was like, whoa, okay, it really is. Mm -hmm. And um, even locally, like we talk about integrating and being more like the community. There is a town not far from where I am right now that a black pastor met with a guy from out of state who was coming in fresh. You know, he met with him. He said, I'm just going to let you know, do not try to reach out to the black community. Like that is something that even in the church, depending on where you are, obviously, um, that is still a deep stronghold. And that is so sad because if you are a follower of Christ, that is the most intimate relationship we should have. And we should want to be around other people who also follow Christ. It it shouldn't matter what they look like. Right. So. Right. 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 And I think, and I think that's it. And we can go back to Mm -hmm. um, what Ridge said earlier is maybe there's a fear. Um, And so, and I think it goes kind of back to like, there's a fear. And um, I know you, that, that you said MLK said it. And I, I was just reminded that Tony Evans also Mm -hmm. 
Um, he actually has a book that talks about oneness and embrace um, and just talking about the separation of, and I hope I got that name right, but the separation of mm-hmm. church when it comes to um ethnicity and like and you can say like oh it's the uncomfortability of like worship or whatever but I truly believe you're worshiping God like we're worshiping God together I don't care what you're doing we're worshiping Christ you know but I think it goes back to that fear and that fear that keeps you Mm -hmm. just just in in your comfortability and I think if the church if we are to lead or if we are the ones that are influencing and not the other way around when it comes to the world influencing us, we we have to make a stand and say, you know what, like we worship differently here, but you know what, it is okay because we love Christ and Christ loves us. And so now we can have that oneness and we can embrace each other, even if we do, um, because you know a lot of churches that are like segregated in the morning they they could be of the same denomination but the reason why is their form of worship or that is just uncomfortable with one lady like just worshiping with yeah. like barely her hands up and then the <laughs> other lady like running around and you know like it it just depends and i think i think fear is what cripples us yeah. a lot but I mean, we can go back to scripture time and time again, and it talks about fear. And um, in what Second Timothy, it talks about how um, we are not given a heart of fear, but um, we do have a sign. What is that verse? How did I forget it? Um, but yeah, so I think fear is what cripples us, but the Holy Spirit is what drives mm-hmm. us to um, embrace each other. Yeah, um, as believers, and so yes. Oh, How yeah. Did I forget that um, verse. I, I, and, right. and two, I think about as well. We have a horrible habit of staying within the physical church building. That is not the church. Right. It's the church building. It's where the church gathers. And like right. I think about young scholars, like we went out the church went out into the community and I think that's what a lot of churches need to do like it's not programs that you invite people to in your building like I don't think that's the solution like you really need to physically go out where the people in your community are and be with them you know and make them a part of your life, you know, it can be very uncomfortable <laughs> when you're talking about a different culture, a different uh, right. socioeconomic class, you know, that you're talking about issues maybe that you have never personally dealt with before, but that, that is what Jesus yeah. did, you know, <laughs> like that is exactly what Jesus did. Um, right. And I, I think we need to uh, make that more of a practice of not, running programs in a building and expecting like, well, why aren't people coming? Like, well, no, you are, you're the person who's supposed to be Christ-like. You put yourself uncomfortable first before you can ever expect someone else to make themselves uncomfortable by coming to you. Um, It's just totally, we flipped it on its head in a lot of ways. Isn't it interesting? Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, isn't it interesting that Um, at the backdrop of all of this going on, we still have uh, pretty much a pandemic going on. (laughs) And uh, people are, I think people have realized in some ways, um, okay, 
what does the church look like when we don't meet in the building? You know, um, how, I mean, people mm-hmm. are, well, they were, I don't know if they still are, but mm-hmm. they were walking yeah. in their neighborhoods. How many people have been walking in their neighborhoods in the past, however many years? Right. I don't know. You know, so I think it's, I, I'm, I right. am intrigued. Right. And I think that might be why we are seeing such protest um, and coming together of people is because prior to now they've been so busy and wrapped up in their own selves that now they don't have distractions and they're like, Oh, this is another human. And I, it, like we talked about earlier, this could have been me, you know, this could have been somebody I Mm -hmm. love. And maybe the church, at least I hope there are Christians out there who are out with the right intentions. Um, but maybe they are saying, well, how can I interact with these people and, you know, care about them? So. No, I like, that's the thing that has struck me the most right. as I, my, I've kept thinking about this and just really trying to understand the situation surrounding us is that if I really like it, it George mm-hmm. Floyd was an image bearer, just like me. Like, in, in reality, society may put different expectations mm-hmm. on us or different privileges or whatever, but in reality, like, the way God sees us, we are no different. I am no different than him. And if it can happen to him, it can happen to me. It could happen to anyone in our country. And as the church, with all forms of oppression or injustice, we need to fight them and think about that and go, your problem that society says is only a black issue or society says this is only a white issue or a Hispanic issue for, for believers. No, it's my issue. Even if I don't belong to your group, it's my issue because that's the attitude of Christ, you know? Right. Right. And I think that that is where, where you see people that are, um, coming together and 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 some of it it's a sense of there are lost people that are doing that and that makes me sad um you know not in the sense of like wow they're not making a difference but in the way that why is it that we have the world that is doing something but then the church we're kind of just like I don't know um but I think that it is and it should be and I'm like wow this is a problem and so we come together no matter where we are and we fix the problem, you know, um, and we find solutions together. And that is the biggest thing um, of just yeah. that oneness. Um, I think that's part so, yeah. of the problem, though, is in the statements I see from different organiza- organizations and different churches, they are acknowledging it as a like police brutality for the black community. And I get why they're doing that. Like they're acknowledging it, they're listening, but I'm kind of thinking, but that's your community. Like, you know what I mean? Like the black, your part, like you're not, your skin color may be different, but if we are really, you know, understanding that, you know, Atara, you are, your problems are my problems. Like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. You know what I mean? Like as the church, we should all forms of oppression on every group. I think right. that's part of the missing piece is like, we, uh, we need to take this issue as our own because it is our own. 
Right. And I think, and I think what you said is so good, but I also think what Dr. Hain said is that that should ultimately, because Jesus is the one that looks on the inside and man is what looks on the outside Mm. and man has looked on the outside for so long. And so now it has been put into a black problem or a white problem or whatever other problems there has been. And so unless we open up and say, okay, well, when it comes to this black problem, how is this? And unless we are sharing the gospel and there's actually like, resolutions when it comes to that but we have to we have to acknowledge that yes Christ does not see Christ sees Christ I mean or God sees Christ in me absolutely I do believe that and this is not to speak on like color blindness but this is to say that man has not done that for the longest time and like in America that has not been the case at all and I think it is so important to know that that is not the case when we when we look in America and, and that is a sad, that is a sad fact. Like, but once again, that goes back to if that was not the case, then why is it that 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, things are segregated. Um, people are segregated when it comes to their form of worship. And so between blacks and whites, why, why is that the case? And so I think we have to acknowledge that that is the, reality of where we are right now and so right now what do we do about that and so I I totally agree I totally agree that it should not be the case but it is and so that's the narrative that we're living in and so what is the solution to that and I think the only solution to that obviously is the gospel but before that we have to acknowledge we have to go back to what Carissa said earlier and say like god if there is any prejudice that's in my heart i need you to expose it i need you to cleanse it and and i think and i think that 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 right there could be a part of the solution and not part of the problem because when you get like that it's like you you're you're kind of like making a line and i think that can be scary sometimes especially like with this whole with this whole thing of like I don't see color like no there is color obviously but when it comes no, to the image like, of God this is how a, God it, sees first it. you, you know say, um, this is a problem for the black community like this is an issue but right. bec- it's like you acknowledge that but then you say but because I'm a Christ follower and Jesus commands me to walk with anyone yeah. who's oppressed it's my issue like you know what I mean yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I I agree with that. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that is not the case right now. And so that that is the sad reality is that it is not the case right now. And it's so sad. And so what do we do with that? We like call people out that's like, yo, this this is an issue and is a big issue. And justice is wrong, no matter what the case is, it's wrong. Yeah. Um so yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, I think um yeah, I just I that concept of taking it as your own, I I just know like that has really changed me. Like the way I'm thinking about this because before I was like, oh my gosh, like what can I do? Like, you know, I yeah, yeah. it's I I I didn't take the issue as my own. So I was like, I can pray, I can, you know, support, I can listen, like I can do all these things. And, but, 
ever since I've I've taken it as my own and I've go, oh no, like mm-hmm. I'm an image bearer. He was an image bearer. This is my problem because I'm a Christ follower. My my entire thinking about it has completely changed. They don't see it. And with that last thought, we are going to end the podcast for this week. Um, for our listeners, this these next two episodes, this one and the next one may pe- appear a little disjointed, and that is because we did split this topic over two different podcasts because we ended up having so much to talk about. Um, and I also wanted to just mention to you guys, this is Blake, as I'm listening and editing back in this podcast that... There is a delay in the audio feedback on some of our phones, and so that's why you hear us agreeing with each other at awkward times while the other person is talking. So we'll get better, we promise. We're working out the kinks. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking it through with us. We're glad you're here. Please subscribe, like, share with your friends, and we'll see you next week on the Sunday Stroll Podcast.